Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Sig Sauer Studios, on the Daniel Defense Platinum Microphone. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. Fighting the enemies of freedom is in every minute of every day job, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Georgia's AAR Ranch. Mark Walters in front of the Daniel Defense Powerful and Platinum Microphone. Greg and Dallas, we just love Daniel Defense, don't we? Yeah, sure. We love Daniel Defense. Of course, we're in the Sig Sauer Studios. Greg and Dallas, we just love Sig Sauer, don't we? we yeah, it's a great Sig gun. And X Insurance presents it all. Don't we just love X Insurance? We love all of our partners at Armed American Radio, the Daily Defense, and the Monster Cast. Welcome in with me today. Greg, before we go to our guest, my mom's favorite guest of all time joins us again. Oh. That'll be Dave Workman. Yeah, we got Dave Workman on the line. Before we go to Dave Workman for the hour, would you be kind enough to tell people where to watch the program in high def and maybe on their Wi-Fi as long as they're not driving? And maybe they can pick it up on the radio on their hi-fi, all that fun stuff, please. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. On the right-hand side of the website, you'll see the menu icon. Just give it a click. When that window opens up, you'll see that watch live option, as well as the uh, listen live and the podcast link. Uh, if you want to join our live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Dave Workman out in beautiful Bellevue, Washington. Welcome in, and thank you for that, too, by the way, Greg. I don't want to miss that opportunity. Dave, how you doing today, brother from another mother? Well, I'm getting better every day. I got to tell, so. tell listeners this. I got a, a two-for-one shot here. I killed two birds with one stone. Greg, I called Dave today, and because Dave and I have been working on planning over the last two weeks to get him to the show after the SHOT Show. And when I called him today, I was on the speaker, and Mr. Gottlieb was with him. So I got to talk to both of two of my favorite people on Earth at the same time. That was pretty cool. All right. Dave, that was fun stuff. Thanks for that. So how you doing, man? How you feeling? Everything good? Uh, yeah. You know, I had that little surgery uh, the week of the SHOT Show. Yeah. And it uh, uh, looks like they got everything they needed to get. Um, no more, right? <laughs> Sometimes they make that mistake. Yeah, well, you'll know if I start doing Bud Light commercials. But uh, oh my gosh, let's no, Greg, please <laughs> take notes. Good heavens, uh, please don't do no, that. No, you know it's it's kind of a recurring problem with me, but I'm keeping it in check and 
everything seems to be going along pretty good. So good. Uh, well, you got your uh, voice, and we're ready to rock and roll. I haven't had you on well, in a few you know, weeks. I'll tell you, the upside of all of that is that a, I didn't get the shot show crud as half the people who go there usually do, and secondly, mm-hmm. I didn't have to eat the same rubber chicken that they served last year. <laughs> so it, it was rubber chicken too. Let me throw that out there because I did eat it. <laughs> you kind of feel obligated. So, Dave, you weren't at SHOT, which is why I want to ask you about SHOT. That might sound weird, but you've been going to SHOT show for for how long? How many years have you been attending that industry trade show? I've been going to SHOT show probably for 25, maybe 26 years. Well, you got me by about three, easily, maybe longer. Well, yeah. I mean, you count, you know, the, the whole COVID weirdness and my wife was going well, through yeah. chemo treatment. I couldn't go that year. So I missed two of those 24 years. But here's why I ask you about shot, because you weren't there. I know you talk to a lot of people. I'm interested off the cuff. What have you heard from people who were there from from not being there? I, I'd like to get your perspective. Well, uh, naturally, I I talk to a lot of people in the industry i trade email with them social media stuff and my impression of the shot show is that uh, this was one of the best ever it was certainly bigger uh alan was down there and and uh, he told me that they've expanded uh, the floor space which uh that doesn't surprise me they, you know the shot show uh has become uh for all intents and purposes the biggest uh, industry show in the world. Um, You've got all of the manufacturers, or at least 99.99% of them, under one roof for four solid days of doing business. Now, you just can't put something like that together overnight. And you don't put something like that together without being able to get everybody there who wants to come. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been to previous shot shows. I, I was at shot show when they used to have it over at the old uh, um, Las Vegas Convention Center. Um, and, you know, it was a big show then. The, the venue, of course, is a lot bigger now. Uh, they had part of, I guess, Caesar's uh, Palace exhibits. Uh, we're open up to the shot show, and here's a, a really an opportunity for for the American firearms and and shooting and hunting industries to really strut their stuff. And from all accounts, they really did uh, a bang up job. Um, and you know. It, it, Kudos to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for making darn sure that this thing continues, especially we in an era when we've got a particularly unfriendly administration who would just love to slam the doors on something like this. Um, you know, good for the industry for saying, "Hey, wait a minute!" You know, we're we, we're in business here. We 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 are part of the American fabric. And just because you don't like it, well, too bad. You know, it's good to hear you say that, the things that you said, having not attended, which is why I wanted to ask you the question to get that outside, you know, that outside perspective. There's a couple things 
that I'd like to point out that um, that you that you bring to mind that I hadn't really talked about before. You know, it is the eighth largest show, ladies and gentlemen, in the United States trade shows. That says a lot. You know how many trade shows mm-hmm. there are. And you're talking to the likes of the Consumer Electronics Show, the Concrete Show. Believe it or not, the Concrete Show is bigger than SHOT Show, which is crazy to think about the construction and Concrete Show. But the the growth of it, it's to a point now where I think everybody that wants to that to go, they can't. It's Floor space is at such a premium. The only reason that you might not see a manufacturer or a peripheral item or product there or manufacturer there is because they simply didn't have room and someone might not have bailed out in time you know that's how that's how how big that thing has gotten but one of the things i know as, you, as you're talking you know they'd like to shut the doors on it the administration well so would the anti-gunners dave you've and i have been to many many nra shows over the years and you always see the dopey protesters outside i i never see that at shot now granted i'm not walking around outside but i have and I never see protests anywhere. Maybe it's because there's really nowhere to protest on the street that wouldn't stop them. But have you ever seen protests from the anti-gunners at that? I never have, at least in Vegas, that I can recall anyway. Five, maybe six years ago, there was one guy who <laughs> one was, guy. De- honest to God, one guy. That's a real he loser. shows up with a with a uh, uh, one of those uh, boards uh, 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 over him, and, and he had a sign. And so I, you know, I went out to talk to him for a few minutes. He seemed like a fairly rational guy. He had uh, flown down there from, I think, somewhere in the Upper Midwest, and uh, he simply just said, you know, it, it, uh, he was fed up with crime and he was worried about, uh, you know, gun violence, whatever the hell that is. And, you know, you get the kind of yada yada uh, stuff out of a Gun Control 101 playbook. Uh, but he, uh, he didn't mind if I shot a picture of him. You know, we chatted for a few minutes, and then I went back inside and, and uh, rubbed elbows with the good guys. But well, you uh, know, It's funny you say that, because I, I actually remember when that happened. I remember talking with you about that. I think we talked about it on the show a number of years ago when it occurred. But well, yeah, what I find I, I funny about that. I think I ran into you up on Radio Row that You day. did. In fact, we talked about it on the show. When you mentioned that, I remember that. There was that one guy. And what's interesting is I would have loved to, if it were me, I would have loved to have asked him the question, if you're fed up with gun violence and crime, as you said, whatever that is, gun violence, however he defines that, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're fed up with that, how come you don't take this one board and go march through the streets where all the crime is occurring? Well, because, yeah. see, they're so they're so misplaced. They, they equate lawful activity with criminal activity and that that's pretty much we'll we'll wrap up this segment with that when we come back with dave workman we're going to get into some of the things that are happening out there current events and um maybe some saf going ons goings ons those goings ons whatever however you pronounce that we'll get it out but we've got three more segments with the great dave workman out there in beautiful bellevue washington we'll continue the conversation with him talk about some of the things he's writing about and maybe we can get uh, an idea of some of the things you haven't read yet that he's working on. Dave Workman out in Bellevue, Washington. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Yeah, welcome back in, guys. Armed American Radio Ranch. Daniel Defense does represent freedom, passion, and precision, and I've had the distinct honor and privilege on three separate occasions to MC their annual banquet at the facility. And I'm telling you, when you walk in, you smell the freedom. It is absolutely incredible. The manufacturing process of all of that freedom and those cold hammer forged barrels. And it's really cool to see. DanielDefense.com. Visit them. And in fact, the banquet that I MC over the last three years is raising money for the Double D Foundation, which is the youth shooting sports. And those kids are now, those those organizations are now being uh, asked to submit their request for grants from the Double D Foundation. In large part, that money comes from the amount of money that we raise at that banquet to give these kids grants. So support them if you can. Five bucks a buck. Whatever you've got. Couch change. It all works. Support the youth shooting sports. DanielDefense.com. Get on their email list and visit TheDoubleDFoundation.org. Welcome back to the Sig Sauer Studios here at AAR Ranch. Daniel Defense Mike, X-Insurance presenting it all. Let's go back to the great Dave Workman. Dave, the... um, you have a, a piece up today. I'm going to take you over to Ammo Land. We'll cover as much ground with you as we can. Media perpetuates sure. myth that gun control equals gun safety. Sacrificing credibility. Those are the two words that I want to talk with you about in that headline. Again, ladies and gentlemen, media perpetuates myth that gun control equals gun safety. Sacrificing credibility. Now, there's a lot of different ways to take that because they don't look at it that way. Certainly, they have no credibility with us. So let's go there. How do you how do you depict them sacrificing credibility by perpetuating the myth that gun control equals gun safety? It's because they've hijacked the language. Let's let's go into the weeds here a little bit. Well, sure, they have hijacked. Well, actually, they turned the language over to the gun control crowd. They adopted the the language uh, you know you can read any story or watch the news and all you hear constantly is gun violence gun violence this gun violence that that is a term that was created by the gun prohibition lobby in an attempt uh, which has been very successful to equate firearms with violent crime. Now, let's all be grown up about this. There are a lot of bad people out there running around committing violent crimes with firearms. Sure. And uh, very sadly, uh, we've got a what appears to be a generation of prosecutors that won't go after these scumbags and put them away. I remember... Uh, 30-plus years ago, your friend and mine, Alan Gottlieb, uh, was one of the the spearheads uh, of an effort, uh, a citizen initiative effort, called Three Strikes and You're Out. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, uh, I recall I was on the NRA Board of Directors. Uh, I, I arranged for the NRA to, to help support that initiative, it passed overwhelmingly. It became a national model. Even Bill Clinton thought it was a good idea. Then a couple of years later, along came, uh, from the same people, by the way, along came uh, hard time for armed crime. You commit 
a crime while you're packing a gun, you go to the Gray Bar Hotel and you stay there for a while because, A, if you're in jail, you're not out committing crimes anywhere. You're not out robbing the, the, the storekeeper. You're not out mugging the little old lady. You're not doing any of that stuff because you're in prison. And those ideas really uh, struck a, a chord with the American public. And remember this, the only people who didn't like those initiatives are the same boneheads who are out there saying, oh, we got to control guns. We, we, we can't punish these poor guys. We need to give them a second chance. We need to do, uh, 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 we're going to, we're going we're gonna to, bail them out with no bail. We're going to release them on personal... You know, all of these guys that uh, stand for these goofy left experiments, and they are experiments, they want to blame the firearm. Well, if you've got a recidivist drunk driver, somebody with uh, 30-plus speeding tickets or, or criminal violations, and he kills a family with a car, you don't blame the car. You put the guy back in, in, in jail where he belongs. But with guns, you got to blame the gun. So, ergo, we have this this adoption of the the gun control lexicon here by the media. And they are constantly referring to anti-gun organizations as gun safety organizations. Now, I personally find that offensive because I'm an NRA certified instructor, and if there's anybody on the planet who is a gun safety advocate, it's me or somebody like me. It's not some of these bozos out there that want to take your firearms rights away from you. I'm the gun safety advocate. They're the gun control advocate. But unfortunately, the media, uh, they've, they've swallowed this hook, line, and sinker, and they keep doing this stuff. And it, it's an insult to the public's intelligence. It absolutely is. And I, I take issue with it as well, as you know, of course, obviously, and we've discussed it many times. I'm also certified as an instructor. I keep my certification active, even though I don't have time to teach. I wish I did because it would be fun to do. But nonetheless, I attend training with some instructors that are far better than anything I could ever amount to. And I've been honored and privileged to be able to spend some time with some great instructors from Navy SEALs all the way on down. And notice I said all the way on down, guys, because those guys are the real deal. Okay, if you're training with those guys, you're training with the top dogs. But yeah, the, the hijacking of the language is getting worse and worse and worse. And you point out in your piece, and I want to quote a couple uh, from here because I'm glad you did, and it's good. While one can read into the courthouse news about how Virginia Democrats are pushing gun safety measures, in quotes, with assistance from March for Our Lives co-founder David Hogg, it is also possible to see LaPierre attacked at the Daily Coast by a writer observing. You'd think a guy who's dedicated his whole being to making random public shootings far more frequent, deadly and traumatizing, would be completely beyond reproach, or at least be satisfied with L.L. Bean. But no. And then you go over to the Every Town for Gun Safety website, which their whole moniker is a lie, Every Town for Gun Safety. I'm still looking for their classes. They don't offer them, by the way. Where you say, as you say, their myth is perpetuated. Quote, in recent years, the gun lobby has worked to allow anyone to carry guns anywhere in public, anytime, with no questions asked. Let's start with that one before the break. Is there any truth to that statement at all? 
30 seconds no. before the break. No, absolutely not. That's how they portray constitutional carry laws. And that's a myth because all of those laws have provisions in there that you can't carry in certain sensitive places like a jail, for example, or a grade school. You know, just, you know places where I think – uh, there is some rationale for not having guns. You don't want a, a guy walking around in a mental institution. Uh, so, you know, th- there you go. But that's how they portray constitutional carry laws. And they make it sound like we want to arm criminals. Yeah, we'll, you- we'll take a deeper dive when we come back from this break. I, I want to I continue on that line of questioning with Dave Workman. We'll be right back. Thanks for hanging in, Dave. following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back indeed. Greg, ask me, Greg in Dallas, how many cups of Defender Coffee I had to start my day today? Uh, how many cups did you have of Defender Coffee to start your day, Mark? Two. Dos. Two. DefenderCoffee.com, promo code AAR. And both times I drank a cup of coffee, profits from the bag that I retrieved the coffee from and brewed with went to the Second Amendment Foundation. Win, win, win. Great coffee, support the Second Amendment, and do it through supporting the Second Amendment Foundation. That is a triple win, ladies and gentlemen. Drink great coffee, delivered right to your house. No more money than you'd buy it for at a grocery store and support the Second Amendment and the Second Amendment Foundation. Make sure to check it out, DefenderCoffee.com. It's a no-brainer. It really is. Welcome back to the Six Hour Studios. X-Insurance presenting it all. Daniel Defense Mike. Dave Workman, let's go back to you and let's stay on those that, that line of questioning there. You know, the, the lies that they tell. And I find some of them so egregious, obviously. But the the media that the fact that the media continues to perpetuate the myth perpetuate the myth as you say, but I want to go back to the statement from every time. In recent years, the gun lobby has worked to allow anyone to carry guns anywhere in public, anytime, with no questions asked. I think you would agree that I'm part of the gun lobby, right? Uh, no, you're a private citizen who enjoys the Second Amendment rights protected by the constitution you're you're all you're all you argue for is to be left alone to enjoy the exercise of your rights if you're a gun lobby i haven't seen it does do i want do have you have you ever heard me say over the years you know dave i think all criminals should carry guns have you ever heard me say that no do you think I ever would? I doubt it. Then why did they make that statement? In recent years, the gun lobby has worked to allow anyone to carry guns anywhere in public. That's not true. That's false. Anytime. That's false. With no questions it, it, it asked. Is. In it, fact, see, the we're the ones control. that want the laws enforced. Well, I tell you, uh, as I was explaining to a friend of mine one time, uh, around here, um, among people that I know, and especially because I'm a journalist, I try to do this. Uh, I try not to mislead or lie to anybody 
the other side of the coin is that the gun control crowd makes a habit of it. And I have known more than one person who has privately confessed to me, or acknowledged really, not a confession, uh, an acknowledgement that they just got tired of being with people uh, from the the anti-gun community because they can't tell the truth. And the, one of the reasons that I wrote that that column for uh, uh, Amoland. It's a good one. Well, thank you. It is because, and I told this to a reporter when I was down testifying in Olympia against a couple of gun control bills about three weeks ago. This was prior to my surgery. And uh, we were walking, and, and the guy knew who I was. We're a couple of news hacks, really. And uh, uh, that day I was wearing the, uh, the hat for the Citizens Committee. And I said, look, you know, the reason I'm a stickler about this is because if one of us makes a mistake, one of us being in journalism, if one of us makes a mistake, we all look stupid. And he kind of thought to himself, because I saw that Ford light bulb go off in his head, <laughs> and it made sense. You know, geez, you know, we, uh, we all do look stupid. And uh, I've always maintained that if you want to write a good newspaper article or or do a, a good story, you have to understand about firearms. And way too many people in way too many newsrooms don't understand any of that stuff. And who do they turn to when they need information? They call somebody at every town or, or the uh, the the Alliance for Gun Responsibility or Moms Demand Action because they don't know anybody in the firearms community to call. Now, how stupid is that? If you're a reporter, yeah. you need to have those sources. You know, I, I've lost count of how many interviews I've done over the years. And I, I had particular fun doing the ones overseas, you know, the BBC ones. Mm -hmm. And one guy in particular, obnoxious host, is, is all get out, Jeremy Irons. But he was fun to be a guest on because I, I find myself always remaining remarkably calm to them. They, they think they're going to get a rise out of me, and they don't. Because I realize that we're not talking to the host, right? In this case, I wouldn't be talking to the journalist, but I would be talking to his readers, Okay. Yeah. And when when you approach a conversation using the reporter or the host as a conduit to their listeners or their viewers or their readers, you can really make a difference. You can get through to them if the journalist is honest or if the host is honest. Now, on radio, yeah. it's kind of tough for them to be dishonest in the sense that they can hear me answer in real time. I don't know if the print journalist is going to print what I'm going to say accurately. But honestly, I was interviewed one time at a, uh, a GRPC by a CNN reporter, and they actually printed what I said honestly. But we're skeptical. We're cynics. We don't trust them because of, ladies and gentlemen, what, we're, what you're hearing Dave and I talk about is why we don't trust them. Because they don't well, know, and they knee-jerk to the other side without even considering picking the phone up and calling you, for example, Dave. Well, uh, I'll, I'll acknowledge this. A, a lot of people in the local media here, and sometimes from uh, national 
will call me really on on background because they know I'm a I'm a journalist. I got a J school degree uh, in in journalism, and uh, I, I've made a living for the past fifty plus years as a journalist. And they they get that, they understand that. So they'll call me with technical questions or or questions about a, a gun caliber or something. Uh, and I don't mind doing that because to me it's a professional courtesy. Sure. Um, the the one thing that I, I will say is that uh, I can't recall ever having been misquoted by a reporter for a story, especially in print media, because I make it clear right up front, hey, uh, you know, before we go any further, I I think I should tell you I'm a working journalist. I only wear this hat part of the time, and you called here, so I'll give you a couple of statements. But, but really, I'm a reporter, and guns are my beat. And what that does is it, it, it sends a shot across the bow of somebody who may be looking, uh, you know, for a stooge to misquote, because they know that if they misquote me, I'm going to be on them like like white on rice. I mean, it's just going to be right there, and I will make a correction in print and go after them. Uh, and you know, nobody wants that to happen if if you're a reporter working for a reputable news no, agency. Uh, and so, uh, fortunately, uh, the people that I have worked with regularly in the other media, uh, you know, we respect each other. Uh, I have yet uh, to be misquoted around here. Sometimes uh, they quote me, and and naturally I've said something that may not look in print or look good in print. But I I will say, well, hey, that's an accurate quote. I said that, and uh, you know, it, it, it uh, we just go along about our business, and that even builds more respect because those guys. They'll call me back because I didn't go after them for making me uh, perhaps look a little foolish or something. No, I said that. Uh, it may be a little out of context, but I said that. And, uh, you know, that that's fair game. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to that. And if you recall back at the... Uh, yeah, hold that thought. I want to go back to that when we come back. I want to. It's fascinating listening to you talk about this, because, ladies and gentlemen, everything that Dave is talking about when we're talking about reporters that might be considered leftists or working for leftist outfits, it requires honesty from that reporter to do what Dave is talking about. We'll be right back. This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Yes, back to the show. Coming to you from Georgia's Armed American Radio Ranch, I am Mark Walters, filling your prescription for freedom today and every day on the Daily Defense in the first hour of the program. It's the six-hour studios, always the six-hour studios during the day. Daniel Defense Mike in the first hour, X-Insurance presenting it all. Please go out of your way to visit all of our partners. We have some new ones that we've introduced to you. Barrel Buddy, absolutely game-changing, will change the way you clean your guns. In fact, you'll look forward to cleaning your guns. I know that some people don't like, I, I have to admit that I'm one of them. Like, eh, I don't do it near as frequently as I should. Barrel Buddy 
changes the game. If you're watching the show, you can see me holding them up here. $14.99 to clean your guns. No more patches. Pitch the patch, of course, is one of their mottos. Pitch the patch. The barrel, buddy, two passes at the most through the barrel. Your gun is clean. It's that simple. And they're $14.99 a pack. All calibers available over there at BarrelBuddy.com, ArmsList.com, America's Firearms Marketplace. Make sure to check them out. And WAFT, World of Firearms Training. If you're looking for some world-class training, they got you covered, especially if you're going down to Florida where they're at. Take some time and have some fun. WOFT.com. Make sure to check them out and visit all of our partners, Goat Guns, etc. all of them, Heaven's Harvest, all of them at armedamericanradio.com. Dave, let's go back to this. This is a fascinating conversation. It kind of gets in the way. I, I We never have enough time to get into everything, but that's okay. We'll bring you back. I, I'm enjoying this conversation because I hate media, and I love talking to someone who is a journalist about media and how and why we don't get the information that we should be getting and how frustrating it really is. And I know it frustrates you. It frustrates me. It frustrates Alan. We've heard you know, that that frustration in, in conversations over the years when we know we're not getting a fair shake. We expect that. But too bad. We should expect to get a fair shake. And they don't. But I think the key takeaway is what I was saying when we went to the break is for those reporters to do what you were describing. It does require honesty from that reporter, doesn't it? And well, is yeah. it, are they being honest if all they do is go to every town and go to, you know, uh, you know, any gun grabber organization out there and quote the gun violence archives without even talking to us. And by us, I mean, pro gun, anybody in the pro gun community. Well, it's it's dishonest. Yes. But more to the point, it's just being lazy. Now, I don't try to contact gun control organizations anymore when I write because, A, they never returned my calls ever and b <laughs> uh if i were to get somebody on the phone they'd lie to me now i would quote them and i'd never talk to them again and that would be kind of that uh, i had a u.s senator hang up on me uh once early in my career she wrote an op-ed piece for one of the local newspapers here i called her up because she had some data in in this piece that I'd never seen anywhere. And so I, this is like two minutes into the interview, and I said, well, Senator, uh, where did you get this data? And her response was, I don't know. And I, I said, you don't know where you got this? And at that point... She uh, said, I have to God. run, and she hung up on me. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Now, isn't it, correct me if I'm wrong, but from a journalistic standpoint, isn't it incumbent upon the reporter, or is it? I, this, I don't know. I, I'm going to ask you that. I don't know. Is it incumbent upon a reporter to fact check that or to at least inquire about where she got that information before putting it out in print or wherever well, it went. That's what I was. I was trying to fact check her because the editors <laughs> at the newspaper certainly didn't. 
the data that she provided didn't jibe with anything, not the FBI Uniform Crime Report, not the CDC uh, data, none of that. Because, you know, again, guns are my beat, and, and that stuff just jumped right off the page at me. And this is like 30-some years ago, and I was I was working at a different publication. And uh, there were two or three people in the room when I made the phone call, and they heard my half of the conversation. And uh, after she hung up on me, I kind of looked around, and there were all these uh, uh, facial expressions going, what just happened? (laughs) You know, and so uh, those are the kinds of things that have happened to me uh, throughout my career. Now, I will say this. It's frustrating. I did, I did one of my best interviews with a guy who was uh, the, the head of uh, a gun control group up in Massachusetts. This has been, I don't know, 20-some years ago and for the old gun week. And I did the interview. I let him talk. I got his answers. I, I quoted him as accurately as I possibly could. And later on, I got a call from somebody back there uh, who knew this guy and uh, who said, you know, I, I talked to so-and-so, and he says, yeah, that was a fair interview. And that's the best you can hope for mm-hmm. if you're quoting somebody that you know is is fundamentally against everything you stand for. And you go to print with it. Well, 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 well uh, hold on. Because, be, because you're approaching this as a, as a real journalist, it doesn't matter what your beat is. It should be a fair interview, right? Shouldn't it? Well, yeah. You know, I, 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 I quoted, as I say, I quoted him as accurately as possible, and I, I let him talk. And for my readers, letting him talk told them where his mindset is exactly. at. And everybody was happy about that. You didn't have to push him in any direction because nope. whatever his ideology was came out as he was talking. And all you had to do was quote the man accurately. It's unfortunate yep. that we don't get that fair shake. It really, truly is unfortunate. But I- I'm going to use this to segue back to those two words in your headline because I think it's a perfect place to do that. This is exactly what we're talking about. Media perpetuates myth that gun control equals gun safety, sacrificing credibility. That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Dave just described to you how that credibility is sacrificed. Dave, I mean, it just worked. <laughs> that just flat well, out worked. Sometimes that happens with us when we're on the air. But it, I, I really appreciate you being here. Go ahead. Listen, the, the sad part about it is that a lot of people who are now in, in news don't regard me as a journalist, and I'm trying to teach them something, that's all. Well, now, how, how much time do we have left? Greg? About a minute? 40 seconds. Take it away. It's all yours. Okay. 40 seconds. I want everybody to take a minute and be silent and just think about the great Toby Keith. We lost him last night after uh, an incredibly courageous battle with cancer. Uh, the, the man cheered millions of people with his music. Uh, he stood up for America. Um, and, and it's a sad day in this country. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I got a, a note. Well, I saw that this morning. And when I made that comment to my wife, she, did, she had not yet seen it. And uh, she was saddened by it. And I got a text from A.W.R. Hawkins this morning. Two simple words. He gone. And he sent me a picture of Toby Keith. 
Yeah. Yep. Thanks for that, Dave. I appreciate it because I did let that slide. Dave Workman, AmmoLand.com, TheGunMag.com, Liberty Park Press. Just look him up. Search for him on whatever search engine you use, and you'll find Dave Workman. I do have to recommend this column. Ladies and gentlemen, What I, I, I take what Dave writes his Bible. I've been reading him for years. He's a great source for me, which means you hear a lot from him as well. Media perpetuates myth that gun control equals gun safety, sacrificing credibility. Read it. It's at AmmoLand.com. It's a great read. Dave Workman, thank you very much. Armed American Radio Second Hour continues at six minutes after the hour. Build your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 